Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Down this morning, so thanks so much, guys, for being here. I just got back from Montana, and that was um, awesome, man. Just such a great time of connecting with God and, and having other pastors. My pastor actually brought me up there with us and with him, and got to do some amazing hunting for those of you that are hunters and shoot anything that moved, and it was awesome. Um, and we had a great time, but really, God really refreshed me, and I feel like gave us a word for Valley Rise, and so. Really excited to jump into this. As we're part three, less than full. Last week we talked about being hopeful. Um, and then this week, I want to talk to you about being grateful, being grateful, not to be confused with being thankful, being grateful. Let's pray. We'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for every single person here. I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you, God, would, there would be your words and not my words. I pray that as we um, study this scripture, God, that you would reveal it to us, that you would bring revelation to our hearts and minds, that we'd leave here, God, with a different perspective, with a different ability to be grateful for who you are and for what you want to do in our lives, God. We're so thankful that you love us. We just bless your name. Let us have a great time together in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, John 10, 10 is our theme verse for this series. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. And all this month we've been talking about what it looks like to live a life of overflow, what it looks like to live a full life. What does it look like to not feel like you're depleted in an area, but to feel like you're overflowing in an area? And I think if we're honest, each of us could look at our lives and go, there's an area of my life that's not overflowing. There's an area of my life that isn't, I can't even pour it out to other people because I don't have that much. I don't have a reserve. But I believe at the end of this series that we will be living full lives. So we talk about gratefulness this week. It's often said that gratitude is the shortest lived emotion. Gratitude is the shortest lived emotion. If you don't believe me, ask your kids or your friends what you got for Christmas last year. How many of you have kids? How many of your kids are already asking what they want for Christmas this year and not playing with what you got them last year? Eli will come down all the time and go, I'm bored. I'm like, you have so many toys upstairs. Let's walk upstairs. I'm like, what is this bucket of toys? He's like, I already played with those. I'm like, and this one? He's like, I played with those too. I'm like, well, then good. We're throwing all this away, okay? He's like, no, no, don't throw my toys away. But if you want to see if someone's grateful, you realize when you give someone something, how quickly they forget that they even have it or that they used to love it or that they, and I always get frustrated, maybe parents like, like you as well, when you give your kids a present and they unwrap it and there's a, the box and they end up playing with the box more than they do the toy. I'm like, if I would have known you wanted the box, I would have spent $5 instead of $50 and got you a bigger box. I mean, this is, um, but gratitude can often be the shortest lived emotion. Scientists studying positive psychology found that a one-time act of thoughtful gratitude produced an immediate 10% increase in happiness and a 35% reduction in depressive symptoms. The happy effects disappeared within three to six months, which show that gratitude is an act to be repeated again and again. First Thessalonians 5, I love this. And this is our command. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Leave that up there. How many of you know the will of God? Maybe you've wondered, what is the will of God for my life? 
How many of you ever had a moment where you said, God, what is the will of God for my life? If you could come down and tell me, what do you want from me, God? Maybe you guys have it all figured out, but I know that there's been times where I, in frustrating moments of my life, have said, God, what is your will for me? And here's what he says it is. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. In every situation, every situation, Think of that, every situation, not just when it's good, not just when it's bad, not just when we're having a great time with our friends. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. How do we do that? How do we, how do we live out that verse when life is really difficult? How do we live out that verse when you're in the middle of divorce? How do we live out that verse when you get a bad report from your doctor? How do we live out that verse when there's no money in the bank? How do you live out that verse when you have a falling out with your friendships? How do you live that out? And what I've realized as I've studied this is oftentimes we can't control our circumstances, but we can most definitely control our attitude and our response. And God calls us in our attitude and our response, the one thing that we can control, to do this, be thankful. God, I don't know what you're teaching me in this season of life, but I'm thankful for it. How many of you have ever gone through something that in the moment was horrible that after you look back and you go, I am so grateful that I learned that lesson in the hard seasons. I don't know about you, but you learn more in the hard seasons than in the great seasons. You learn a lot more when life is really bad than you do when life is really good. And oftentimes, if we don't make the decision to set our mind on Jesus, if we don't make the decision to be grateful in those moments, We'll act like God's mad at us. We'll act like we're mad at everyone else. We'll be frustrated. And finally, when we do come out, we'll go, oh, God, you do actually care. Okay. And we'll wish that we would have been faithful the whole time. And my new thing that I started probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, during this process, is every time it would get really hard, instead of going, I don't know if it's going to happen, I don't know, I said, God, I'm going to make sure that when it does happen, I was the one person that said, I knew that God was going to do this. I knew that God was faithful. I knew that God was going to take care of us. I'm thankful for what he's teaching us. And when you live that way, when God does show up, you become a lot smarter in the eyes of everyone that's watched you walk through it. All of a sudden, people begin to go, you know something that I didn't know. How is it that you were so sure God was going to do what you said he was going to do? And really, it's why the Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. That's a really hard verse. That's an easy verse to read, but it's a hard verse when you're in the middle of it and you get anxious and the bills are due and you don't know how you're going to make this happen or you don't know what relationship is going to... And all of a sudden, that verse, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because if God takes care of the sparrows and the, and the trees and if he clothes the flowers of the field, how much more does he care about you and me? And there's one thing that we can be sure about. When we live a life of gratitude towards God, when we live a life of thankfulness, when God shows up and does what he said he was going to do, and he will, whatever situation you're in right now, I want to give you a heads up. God will do what he said he will do. It might not look like what you think it was going to look like. It might not be on time when you thought it was going to be. He might be a little late for you, but he's always on time for God. And when we live a life of gratitude, we, enable, we allow God to show up and make us look like we were the one that knew what he was doing the whole time. When we live a life of gratitude towards God. Hey, let me ask you this. How many times do you make it a purpose to be grateful? How many times do you wake up in the morning and just list the things you're grateful for? I have a new habit that I try this year. I've tried to thank God for something different every day. That seems easy. That's really hard. Like, 
you run out of things really fast. You're like, okay, for my, like, my car, my house, my kids, my wife, my family, my friends, my church. I've already thanked God for all of you individually. I'm like, okay, now I have 157 days left. Like, what? But when you begin to live a life of looking for things that make you thankful, your perspective begins to change. Gratitude, listen to this, gratitude is only gratitude when it's voiced. Husbands, gratitude is only gratitude when it's voiced. The other day, me and Alex were talking, and I'd gotten back from a trip like I was this week, and it wasn't this trip, just so you all know we're good right now, but it was a couple trips ago. And uh, she goes, I mean, I feel like I've been working and taking care of the house, and you didn't even say, like, you didn't even say, like, you're thankful or grateful. Like, you know what I mean? You just, you just came home, and I said, and, and guys, you know, because we all do this, I walked in the house, and I thought, God, this is awesome. Like, she, the house is clean. Clothes are done. What's that? that smell? Is that a fricassee on the kitchen? Oh, my gosh. Like, this is Cajun's dream. I'm just, I'm living the dream. Walked in. She looked gorgeous, you know, just, um, the kids are all wise and sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, this is the best. I'm the happiest man in the world. But I never voiced it. And we sat down that night, and she goes, you haven't even said you're thankful. And in my mind, I was thinking, like, oh, I for sure was. Like, I was thinking how awesome you are. And I, was, I just was so grateful in my heart for how awesome you were. And I just, man, I just saw everything you did and all this and stuff. You hung pictures, and just, this is amazing. But gratitude is only gratitude when it's voiced. And I think oftentimes we can go through life and encounter things that we're grateful for and never open our voice and go, God, thank you so much. Thank you for that spot right up in the front of the parking lot when it was raining and I didn't have to walk. God, thank you for the, the job opening up that I didn't think I was going to get. God, thank you for the surprise relationship with a person I bumped into and never thought we'd hit it off and now we're best friends. Gratitude is only gratitude when it's voiced. How do we take our situations of life, though, and begin to live out that first verse? How do we rejoice in every situation? How do we, how do we be grateful for the bad situations? How do we, last year, last week, those of you who were here and saw what we walked with my brother, how do you in the middle of a loved one dying go, God, thank you for this. God, I'm grateful for this. What do you do when life happens and life hits and now you're trying to figure out where do I find the gratitude, God? Because all it feels like is loss. Jesus gives us a great example of how to do this. Luke 7, 36. I love this story. There is so much in this story and I'm only going to pull out one little part of it. One of the Pharisees asked him, meaning Jesus, over for a meal. He went over to the Pharisee's house and sat down at the dinner table. Just then, a woman of the village, the town harlot, having learned that Jesus was a guest in the home of the Pharisee, came with a bottle of very expensive perfume and stood at his feet, weeping, raining tears on his feet. Letting down her hair, her hair she dried his feet, kissed them, and anointed them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man was the prophet I thought he was, he would have known what kind of woman this is who is falling all over him. Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Oh, tell me. Two men were in debt to a banker. One owed 500 silver pieces, the other 50. Neither of them could pay up, and so the banker canceled both debts. Which of the two would be more grateful? Simon answered, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. That's right, said Jesus. Then turning to the woman, but speaking to Simon, he said, Do you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Impressive, isn't it? 
She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. What makes this woman come to Jesus and pour out the perfume that she has? Theologians say this bottle of perfume would have cost her a year's wages. A year of her life. Think of what a year of your life and, and taking every dollar you have from a year of your life. And, and let's remember, she wasn't doing, she wasn't working on the railroad. She wasn't working at the gas station. She wasn't a teacher. It's very clear at the beginning of her profession. What is it that takes someone who has spent a year of their life giving of themselves, literally selling her body, to buy a bottle of perfume, to take that and go before Jesus and now pour out her life, pour out a year of hurts, a year of wounds, a year of scars, a year of falling asleep, thinking that she's wasting herself, giving herself to people in exchange for money. What is it that makes someone so grateful that they take this bottle and go, I just want to pour out everything I've done this last year on you, Jesus? And I believe it's that this woman understood a concept that many times, especially in modern America, we don't understand. And the concept that she understood was, it is not what you have that determines your gratitude. It is who you have that determines your gratitude. And oftentimes we go through life and we find reasons to be ungrateful because of what we don't have. Instead of finding reasons to be grateful for who we do have. And God, when he comes in and when he changes your life like clearly he had done to this woman, she had, she had had a moment with Jesus that changed everything. She realized it doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter what my profession is. It doesn't matter how long it took me to get this. It doesn't matter what I need. When I have Jesus, I have everything that I need. And I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what. Yeah, sure, clap. That was actually really good. You guys are like, oh, man, he's preaching today. Montana will do that to you. Turn me into a preacher. What makes uh, the, the gratitude for who and not the what? Our gratitude for Jesus should always trump our desires for things. Our gratitude for Jesus should always trump our desire for things. Next time you find yourself in a situation where you want to complain, where you want to be frustrated, where you want to gripe, and listen, life happens to all of us. There are many. There are many, many situations. One of the reports I read in Psychology Today, they did a, they did a um, a study on people that for 30 days wrote one letter of gratitude to people. Just one letter. They sat down and they wrote a letter. Hey, I just want to thank you for this. I just want to, you know, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for helping me at work. Thank you for one letter a day. And then they tracked their happiness throughout the rest of the year. And it was, it was, the statistic was staggering. I can't remember what it exactly was, but compared to those people that did not do it, how much the quality of their life changed. Hey, let me ask you, when's the last time that you just were grateful for somebody? When's the last time that, that you went to work and looked at your boss, who maybe is a jerk, and just said, hey, I want you to know I'm grateful for what you do. How many of you know that will change your boss who's a jerk's heart towards you? Let me just tell you. It's hard to be mean to someone when they go, I just want you to know I'm really grateful for all you do. When I was in the Air Force, I had a boss that hated me. Like, I know you maybe you think you've had bosses that hate you. I, he, like, really hated me. And he hated me because I was a Christian, truth be told. And um, 
he would, he would just, God, he would do anything and everything. I remember one time Alex came to visit me, and he just cursed me up and down in front of her, trying to make me break down. And I'm just like, listen, man, like, I'm not, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction, okay? And we left, and Alex was crying. She's like, does he always talk to you like that? That's pretty much welcome to the military. Um, and he scheduled me. He knew my birth. One year I had to work on my birthday, and it, was, it disheartened me so much because I had all these plans and ended up having to work. And that he went and scheduled me a year in advance to work my next birthday because he saw how upset I got when I had to work my birthday that year. Like this, we're talking like a different level of the guy hating me. Okay, and um, he ended up moving on. Actually, got in trouble and went to a different area for how bad he was to me and, and our coworkers and. But the last day I was ever in the Air Force, I went and found him. We worked in the same hospital. I went and found him. And I said, hey, sir, I just want you to know I'm really grateful for all you did for me. I'm really thankful for what you taught me, the lessons you did. In my mind, I'm thinking I'm, how not to lead people, how not to be a jerk, how not to. Like, I was thinking all these things. But I just I want you to know I'm just grateful for, for what I learned from you. Thank you for investing time into me. Thank you for spending time with me. And this man literally with tears in his eyes just looked at me and said, Ranza, I did everything I could to try and break you. I did everything I could to try and make your life miserable. How, you're a special man. You're a special, thank you for what you taught me. And in that moment, I wanted to be like, yeah, God, punch him in the guts or something like that. But what I learned is that my acts of gratitude towards him changed his heart towards me. My acts of gratitude towards him changed his heart toward me. And let me tell you, each and every one of us have an opportunity to walk into our workplace, to walk into your family, to walk into your marriage, to walk into your relationship with your parents, to walk, and express gratitude that will shift not only your heart, but their heart. Because gratitude is not something oftentimes that comes naturally. It is something we must make ourselves do. It is something that we must find a reason to be grateful at times. But I'll tell you this, living in America, sitting in this building right here, we have many, many things to be grateful for that we probably take for granted. If you live in America, you're among the top third wealthiest people in the world on your poorest, most broke day. When you go to, I made it a habit in me and Alex's life, the times where financially we were strapped the most, we would lay in bed and I would look at the ceiling and I'd take her hand and I'd go, aren't you grateful that we're under a roof? Aren't you grateful that we have a bed to be sleeping in? Aren't you grateful that we have each other? Aren't you like real grateful you got me? Like real grateful. Like how grateful? Tell me, Alex. Again, like, and I would just begin to list the things we have. Aren't you grateful that we got running water? Aren't you grateful? Because someone doesn't have it. Someone is meeting in India right now in the rain under a tent. Someone is sleeping in a cardboard box and not under a house. Someone has a bed that's five generations old because they can't afford to buy a new bed. Someone's sleeping on the dirt in another country. And if we will begin to thank God and be grateful for what he's given us in the world around us, not only will we change the world around us, but we'll change our own heart. We'll begin to view life differently. We'll begin to thank God differently and the people around us differently. And then ultimately, we'll begin to realize that the gratitude that we all have comes mostly from Jesus. I love the story of this woman because the woman had a past. The woman had issues like you and like me. And maybe your past was different from her past or different from my past, but we've all got some past. She had hurts. Maybe your hurts were different than hers or mine, but we all have hurts. She had wounds. And I imagine coming from the life that she had lived, the wounds and the hurts and the scars that she would have encountered. How is it that in the midst of that she can still find herself weeping at the feet of Jesus, pouring her life out, not caring who's around? 
Because in the midst of hurts that she had, in the midst of wounds that she had, in the midst of scars that she had, in the midst of difficult times that she had, she had Jesus. And let me tell you, there is only one way to make certain that your gratitude is full every day. And it's to start your day by first being so thankful that we have Jesus. And when we have Jesus, we have a reason to be grateful for someone, even if we have nothing to be grateful for something. Jesus alone is the source of our gratitude. How do we do that? First Chronicles 16.34 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his loving kindness endures forever. Leave that up there. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His loving kindness endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Don't you love that it says, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good? It doesn't say give thanks to the Lord, for we are good. Because if my thanks was dependent on my good, I would not be very thankful a lot. I don't know about y'all, but if it was based on how I felt every day, If when I woke up in the morning, whatever I woke up with, whatever sin I had in my heart, whatever frustrations I had on my mind, whatever angst I had going on around me, I would probably not have a lot of reason to give thanks. But give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For he is good. What he's showing us is that our gratefulness has nothing to do with our current situation. It has to do with his current position. Nothing to do with our current situation, everything to do with his current position. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. When you realize the God that we serve, that he's not mad at you, that he's not angry with you, that he's not waiting, going like today you had a good day so I'll let you live, but tomorrow like uh, you messed up, that's it, you're going to get it, like and oftentimes we live with that mentality of God that if we, if, we did, if we had a good day, thank you, God, nothing went wrong. I was good today. Did you see God? I didn't look at anything I shouldn't have looked at, say anything I shouldn't have said, smoke anything I shouldn't have smoked, drink anything I shouldn't have drank. God, reward me. And then on our bad days, we're like, God, just skip over me. Just somebody else. <laughs> Can it be someone else's day today, God? And we begin to position God in our mind like that instead of waking up every day and going, God, Your love for me, your goodness for me, your goodness for you and for all that you have for me isn't dependent on who I am or what I do or if I've done enough or not done enough or if I can dance well enough for you, God, and perform well enough for you. It is based solely on your goodness and on your loving kindness. And I'm grateful today, God, because you are good. The God who made the heavens and the earth, you are good. And your loving kindness endures forever. And so I get to reap the benefits of that. Aren't you glad that we don't reap the benefits of our bad days? We don't reap the benefits of, of the, maybe the sin that we've carried, that when Jesus came in and paid our sin bill, he stepped up and said, God, I want you to look at them like you look at me. I don't want you to put all of this on them, God. I want, you, I want to pay their sin bill. I want to pay that tab. And so then our full-time job becomes just thanking God for how awesome he is. Thanking God, giving, being so grateful and living a life of gratitude for every single thing we have on our worst days. Starting it by waking up and going, God, thank you for letting me have another breath. Thank you for letting me live today. There are many nights I went to bed. Maybe your past is different than mine. And I know some of you go like, oh, Pastor Christian, you were probably, I was like wild. And I know sometimes people say that. Ask people who used to know me. They'll be like, oh, my God, this dude is wild. I played golf with a guy the other day from high school. And we go and we're hanging out. And he's like, I saw on Facebook you're like a pastor. Is that true? I'm like, yeah. He was like, 
how'd they let you be a pastor? I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's the craziest thing. Sometimes I wonder myself. But I wake, there were many nights I went to sleep going, God, please just don't let me die tonight. If I die tonight, I'm for sure going to hell. Let me make it through tomorrow, and I can do a little better, okay? Waking up in the morning, God, thank you so much I didn't die. Now I'm so grateful that I get to wake up every day just going, God, thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful that you love me. I'm thankful that your favor is on my life. I'm thankful that you woke me up. I'm thankful that I'm, I'm in a bed. I'm thankful that I'm healthy. I'm thankful that... And whatever we can look at in our lives and the situations that we don't like, we should be able to find a reason to be grateful. Maybe, maybe you got pain in your legs. Hey, let's be grateful. Somebody's in a wheelchair today. Maybe you're in a wheelchair today. Let's be grateful. Somebody's not has no leg, can't sit in a wheelchair. Somebody's in bed rest. Maybe you're on bed rest. Somebody's in a coma. We can always go and look at reasons that we can be grateful for whatever our current situation is. And I personally believe that when we begin to become grateful for our current situation, God is able to open doors far beyond what we could imagine. Because maybe you, like me, and, and I'm not sure if this is... I like to think that God is a father... It has some of the same instincts that we have as parents. But how many of you know when you come home and your kids, you give them something and they're just, their eyes light up and they go, Dad, thank you so much. This is awesome. I, I love this. Thank you. It makes you want to give them more. It makes you want to go, okay, hold on. I'm going go back to the store. I'm going to get you some more toys. This was awesome. Like this is, I've got two kinds of children. As I close, I'll tell you about them. Manuel, you can come up. Um, I have two kinds of children. Um, my son Eli loves me for me. My daughter Finley loves me for what I give her. Um, and maybe you don't have children like that, but minor sinners, pray for them. Um, and <laughs> you have no idea. You're like, that's funny. No, they're really bad sometimes. Um, we were in Montana. We're getting calls. And my friends are like, dude, we always tell people about your calls with your children. Like every time your wife calls and the kids are bad, they're like, we just love it when you just get mad at your kids on the phone. You're like, Everybody's getting beat and bend over. I'm going to spank you through the phone. Okay, stay there till I get home. Like, <laughs> um, so I, my two children, yesterday I come home, and here's the dynamics play out with my children. I walk in the door. I've been gone for five days. I walk in. I'm like, I'm excited to see them. I can't wait to see them. I miss them. You, you know, I didn't know how much I missed them. I used to travel a lot before we had kids, and I'd tell people I could travel my whole life. One of my pastors who I was with, with this week in Montana told me, wait till you have children, that'll change. And I was like, no way, man. God made me to travel. I just want to travel and preach my whole life. I could never, be, I could never have a house, and I'd be happy. I just love traveling. The moment we had that first kid, it was like I hated traveling. I wanted to be home. I wanted, I'd get on the road for like two days. I got up into Montana. I'm in man heaven. We're shooting stuff. I'm with all these awesome people, and I'm like, I wonder what my kids are doing right now, just missing me probably and just weeping on their bed. Oh, Papa, come home. Just And um, I, I get home. I'm excited. I have my camera out, video it. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. You know, open the door and. Eli sees me, and because he loves me, and I think he's saved, he's like, yeah, Dad, I love you. I missed you so much. He comes, and he's hanging on me just crying. Dad, I love you. I missed you so much. Finley walks up behind him and goes, where's my prize? And I'm like, where's your prize? Where's your prize? What are, you, are you even saved? Do you know if you die tonight, are you going to heaven or hell? Like, Eli, and Eli looks at me, and he just goes, she didn't miss you at all. She said all she wanted was a prize from you. I'm like... But you begin to see the children that you want to bless, the children that you want to give to, or the children that come up and just go, Dad, I just missed you. I'm just grateful for you. I love you so much, Dad. 
I'm grateful that we have the best dad in the world. And it changes my heart. It changes my heart towards him. And I've got to imagine that on some level when we get before God and go, God, we're just grateful for you. We're just grateful for your sacrifice, Jesus. We're grateful that you loved us enough to send your son. We're grateful that you loved us enough to wake us up. We're grateful that you loved us enough to put us in a country that's as blessed as America is. We're thankful that you loved us enough to put us in a family that loves us and cares about us. We're thankful enough, God, that you just put us in a church home. God, we're thankful for the children you've given us that are healthy and the friendships and the the spouse that you've given us. God, we're just grateful for you. That in those moments when we become grateful for God, God goes, God, I just want to bless you. I just want to do more. I just want to pour. Because he knows not only will we rejoice and give him thanks, that when the world around us sees how we are grateful for our Jesus, that it will change their hearts as well. We've talked this whole series that that being full, living a life of full, is not about anything other than being able to fill ourselves up and pour ourselves out to people. Fill ourselves up, pour ourselves out to people. Fill ourselves up, pour ourselves out to people. There may be no greater reflection of how we love our God than when we live a grateful life. Than when the people around you go, God, that guy's just always grateful, man. He just, no matter what it is, it's like somebody just gave him a million dollars. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I think sometimes... We, we, take, we, we, we belittle the gifts that God has given us naturally, the gifts to walk around, the gifts to be healthy, the gifts to have, be, able, be able to function on a normal level, the gift of jobs, the gift of your relationships. Those of you who are tall, the gifts of being tall. Those of you who are short, I was on a plane for like seven hours, the gifts of being short. You know, the, the gifts that God has given us that don't say anything about how good we are, when people go, man, you're a great preacher. My first thought is, like, you know what I had to do to be a great preacher? Nothing. Like, God just gave me a gift. It's like people with a, that can sing. Shelly, you know what? Shelly did have a great voice. She was born, okay? Shelly can sing. Shelly can probably sing when she's asleep. She could sing if you woke up in the middle of the night. She could sing if she was a little tipsy. She could sing if she was, I mean, if you can sing, you can sing. And that doesn't say anything about how good we are. That says a lot about how good he is. When someone gives you a million dollars, that doesn't say anything about you. That says a lot about them and how generous they are. And when we begin to look at it that way and see, God, all the gifts that we have say very little about us. It says a lot, a lot, a lot about you, God. The relationships that you have. Think of the friendships you have that God thought, man, I love you enough. I'm going to give you this person. Because oftentimes God's gifts come wrapped in relationships. And when we begin to become grateful for those things and recognize that we have them because we serve such a good God, not only does it change the way we live, does it change, literally, psychiatrists say it changes the way our attitude is, changes the way our outlook on life is. But what that is is us filling ourselves up so that we can pour ourselves out. I encourage you, when you're around Thanksgiving table this week, because I don't know about your family, but all of our families can probably be a little drama at times. Somebody can get upset about something, and someone can be mad that so-and-so is not there. And Did you see what she was wearing? And why didn't he bring this? And why? That we're the people that step up around the table and go, hey, I'm just so grateful for all you guys. 
I'm grateful we get to be around this table again this year. I'm grateful that we have any food to eat. I'm grateful that we could just sit here and tell jokes together. I'm grateful that I have a home to go to. I'm grateful that I have friends that invited me to a home. I'm grateful that I got, that we're that person and that our families, our friends, and the world around us realizes there is something different about you. Let's live a life of gratitude. It starts with who we have and not what we have. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so grateful, God. There is no one like you. God, if I can just for a second, I just want to tell you how grateful I am. God, I'm grateful that you took a boy who was broken, a boy who was lost, a boy who was hurting, and you loved me enough, God. Send your son for me. Just give me relationships that help me grow into who I am. That you put me in places I didn't deserve to be. That you lifted up my heads on the days, God, that I was lonely. That you've never let me walk alone, God. God, I'm grateful for all that you have done for me. Thank you, God, for my wife. Thank you for my children. Thank you for this church, God. Thank you for our church family. Thank you for Valley Rise. God, I'm so grateful that you love us enough to bless us with this. Today, God, I just want to tell you all over again how awesome you are, how much we love you. Jesus, how much we love you, how grateful we are for your sacrifice. We could spend eternity thanking you and giving you praise. God, we're so grateful. Thank you that you loved us enough to do whatever you had to do to assure that we would get to spend eternity together. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here today and you go, Christian, I've never experienced that. This gratitude you're talking about for having Jesus, like this woman that had, she had a moment with Jesus and she was grateful for who she had. I've never experienced that, but I want to. I want to come into a relationship with Jesus. I want to grab onto him. I want to live a life of gratefulness because I have Jesus. If that's you today and, and every head bowed, every eye closed between you and Jesus, you say, Christian, today, I want to start that relationship with Jesus. Maybe I've had religion or I've had church, but I've never had that relationship with Jesus. And today I want to begin that. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up for me? It's between me and you. Nobody looking around. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray, and you can repeat after me. And you can say this out loud. You can say it under your breath. You can say it in your heart. This is between you and Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you that you decided I was valuable enough to give your life for. Thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I recognize that I'm a sinner. And I recognize the need that I have for you. Thank you for paying my sin bill. Thank you for taking my place on the cross. And then thank you for raising from the dead to give me new life so that I could walk in freedom every day. Today, Jesus, I become a follower of you. I choose to be grateful for everything I walk through. But most importantly, 
to be grateful for my relationship with you. Now, God, I just pray over every single person here. I pray that this Thanksgiving, God, that there would be a new level of greatness that is in them. There would be a new level of thankfulness that they walk in. There would be a new level, God, as they begin to get around the table with friends and family and come back into dynamics that maybe they haven't encountered all year long, but they come back around that old dinner table with family and friends, and that people would notice something different in them. That it would be different this year than every other year that they would have hearts of gratitude, they'd have hearts of thankfulness, that they'd encourage. When other people get down and frustrated, they would step up and be thankful, that they would lift the morale of the room, that their spirit alone, God, would shine to the world around them, and they would see that there's something different about them. I pray you bless them. I pray for safe travels, and I pray that this is the greatest Thanksgiving they've ever had. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision in their lives? Hey, guys, thank you all so much for being here with us today. I know weather and people out for Thanksgiving and so grateful that you came and hung out with us today. Um, this week is Thanksgiving. Have the best Thanksgiving ever. Eat too much food, okay? And I'm not telling you that. That's, I'm, like, saying that so I feel less bad about myself next week when I get up here. And I'll probably be wearing something baggy. You guys will be like, why is he wearing a really baggy shirt? It's because I ate it too much every year. Every year. I'm like, not this year, always this year. Um, hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving, we've got three ways that you can do that. You can give in the offering envelopes. You can go to valleyrisechurch.com, click the giving link, or you can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. Hey, if you made that decision to give your life to the Lord today, um, you can check that box on your connection card and put it in the buckets as they pass. We'd love to just send you a letter, get you some information that will help you on this journey. Believe that God wants to do something amazing in your life. Like I say every single Sunday, this doesn't happen without you. I'll never ask you to give anything. The Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. So we ask you, pray. Whatever God tells you to do, man, we trust. We're so thankful that we get to do this with you. It is the greatest joy of our lives. I wish y'all could have heard me around the table with pastors from all over the country talking about how awesome Valley Rise Church is and how much we love it. And guys that are, that are guys I've respected going, man, we follow y'all on Instagram and see what God is doing there. And it's so cool to watch the process of building something. And, and there's a lot of other people cheering us on. And so love that we get to do it with you guys. It doesn't happen without you. Um, and we are, we are just honored to be able to be a part of Valley Rise with you. So, hey, I'm going to pray over this and we'll get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. God, thank you for the, the body of Christ. Thank you, God, that we get to be a part of what you're building, not what we're building, God, what you're building. I pray today, God, that as they give, that you would return it to them a hundredfold. Bless them, God. Let this be such an amazing Thanksgiving season for them. I just pray that you would bless them. Your hand would be on them. For those that are traveling, they would have safe travels. That we would return next week, God, full of gratefulness, full of thankfulness. Not because of what we've gotten or what we had, but because of who we have. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon. Thank you.